Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. The tide appears to be turning for direct-to-consumer subscription boxes, including meal kits, with the consumer interest dropping dramatically in 2021 compared to last year when the pandemic pushed many people to try the services as a safe and convenient way to keep their pantries stocked and their families entertained. New research from the consumer research platform Attest found 41% of Americans have an active product subscription now, compared to 47% in 2020. In addition, the number of consumers actively looking for new product subscriptions fell 4 percentage points from 18% in 2020 to 14% this year. Likewise, the percentage of consumers with multiple product subscriptions also dropped from 21% last year to 18% in 2021. But a return to in-store shopping, restaurants, and in-person gatherings doesn't have to be a death sentence for D2C subscriptions. Rather, a test's research shows that there is still significant consumer interest in the service, with 65% of Americans remaining open-minded to the platform and only 21% saying that they're unlikely to consider it. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Attest CEO Jeremy King shares how D2C services and brands leveraging this path to market can continue to engage consumers by sharing what shoppers like and dislike about subscriptions. Notably, much of what the industry thinks attracts shoppers to the segment actually is pushing them away. In addition, King reveals who is most attracted to subscription services, how much they're willing to pay, and where within food and beverage there's the most opportunity and the least. So to better understand how consumers experience subscription services and tease out lessons not just for D2C but across marketing platforms, a test surveyed a representative sample of 2,000 working-age Americans in August. And they found, as King explains, now is simultaneously the best and the worst time for subscription services. It's the best because we've seen such a growth in at-home delivery, in subscription and convenience and customization. The pandemic has caused people to experiment with buying new things in new channels in new ways, and also old things in new channels in new ways. And that's led to this huge boom in subscription services, everything from HelloFresh to Amazon Prime to Netflix and everything in between. Um, It's also the worst time for subscription businesses because many people think that the pandemic um, effects are starting to unwind. People are getting back, you know, into city centers. People are getting back to physical shopping. We've also seen a huge consolidation and concentration in market share among the leading subscription players. So in the U.S., players like Blue Apron and HelloFresh are basically pretty dominant now. We've seen Disney Plus and Netflix and a few other services take over home streaming. So the takeover and consolidation of subscription volume and demand and interest is potentially at its best moment, but also its worst moment if you're trying to build a new business or trying to grow within it. And that's why it's important to look into what consumers want, because that's what holds the truth for who's going to win and lose as we look into next year. So what do consumers want? 
Well, according to a test's survey results, what consumers want from subscriptions and what companies think that they want are not the same. For example, many subscription services place a premium on the unboxing experience. But as King explains, most consumers care more about the value of what is inside rather than the packaging that surrounds it. Subscription businesses in food and drink and beyond often put things like unboxing um, at the top of their list of importance. That unboxing experience we get from Apple is really cool. That unboxing experience we get from companies like Birchbox is really cool. But in general, customers don't really care about unboxing. They care about the really obvious things. They care about value for money. They care about customization of the product to what they want. They want the ability to, to easily pause or cancel or skip a delivery. They want reviews and recommendations from their friends. So subscription businesses have made a big song and dance in the last six to 12 months about unboxing and also having a strong brand purpose or ethos. Really, particularly in younger generations, but across the board, consumers are really interested in value for money, customization, and flexibility to pause, cancel, and skip deliveries. Purpose and unboxing matter, but nowhere near as much as the fundamentals. As King explains, those fundamentals include practicality, customization, and inspiration. Number one uh, most attractive is uh, most attractive factor for subscription businesses is practicality, delivering me the right things that I need at the right time in a volume and channel and uh, style and timing that suits me. That's why we see um, different subscription businesses getting into more customization. I'll, I'll make up an example. I don't want 10 dishwasher tablets a month. I want the exact number I need for my exact family size this exact month in this exact location because I split my time across two locations, because I have half my family with me half the year. My dishwasher tablet need is not stable. What I want is a subscription that moves with me literally between locations and between different demand levels. That's what practicality means. So practicality is number one, but that's why customization is so important. The second most attractive feature in a product description is something to do with inspiration and trying something new. It's very counterintuitive. A lot of subscription businesses are built around the idea of being indulgent. That indulgence is in fact the lowest ranking factor for real consumers when it comes to choosing subscriptions. What consumers want is practicality, then inspiration or the ability to try something new in the product. And things like brand purpose or ethos, only one in four consumers even mention that. So we put all those factors together, practicality, value for money, inspiration, trying something new, but combined with customization and flexibility that suits me, this is what it takes to win a subscription business in the year 2022. And this is what's going to lead to huge opportunities for people to build in this category over the next 12 months. Flexibility to pause or cancel a subscription and an easy, transparent communication about and with service providers are two other fundamentals that King says consumers look for when evaluating subscription services. So we see recurring themes from consumers that they care about the ability to have high quality, the ability to have 
ingredients and products in their subscription services, which are chosen by experts that allow you some flexibility, but also some value, some ability to pause or cancel deliveries anytime you want to, not only having the flexibility of what you can do, but also how you do it. Consumers want to interact with subscription companies through WhatsApp and through websites and through um, phone channels. They want a different choice of way to interact with their subscription product in ways that suit them. They want to try before they buy. They want to see the worst reviews as well as the best reviews. So we'll see, I think, more and more subscription businesses that put the best reviews up front, but also the reasons why people cancel or leave their business. It's much better to be upfront about these things and show people why this is the wrong choice for you than let the consumers choose it and then churn after a few months. I think we'll also see a lot more products that are built around flexibility and customization. King says that he also sees significant potential for subscription services to capture new consumers by innovating around price point which does not necessarily mean slashing prices or a race to the bottom. So we saw in the research that um, most subscription uh, buyers are willing to pay between 20 and 30, um, uh, between 10 and 20, maybe $30 a month for their subscription. But there's a whole wedge of uh, possible demand that exists for higher price points, so kind of premium or super premium price point. Boomers, so people aged 56 to 66, um, uh, 27% are willing to pay $30 to $50 plus for a subscription. And you'd think Gen Z would have no such consumers, but there's a percentage of Gen Z, 6 to 10%, that would pay $50 to $60 plus for a subscription. And there aren't that many subscription products that exist in those premium or super premium price tiers. So there's a whole there's a whole set of demand out there that could exist, which is currently unfulfilled. So if you want to build a great subscription business in food and beverage or beyond in 2022, going premium or super premium would be a great way to differentiate based on price, but also hit this unfulfilled demand that definitely exists. Uh, at the other end of the scale, there's all sorts of things that we discovered around what consumers value in a subscription product. Beyond price and the fundamentals, a test's survey shows that significant potential for subscription services that cater towards indulgence, while still ticking the boxes for those basics. You could think that after 18 plus months of 18 plus months of pandemic and changes in buying patterns and behaviors and channels and subscriptions, that kind of everything's been tried. But what we actually saw is the exact opposite. So gaps in the market include the number one item, which is alcohol subscriptions. We had people talking about alcohol, cigar boxes, also marijuana, legal in 18 states recreationally and in 37 states for medical purposes right now. Those are big opportunities for subscription businesses, um, specifically alcohol and fruit and drinks, also samplers and boxes for things like mixers, tonic water, ginger ale, different colas, different juices to mix with drinks or even go non-alcoholic when it comes to drinks and parties. To understand how best to balance all of these variables in the real world, a test looked beyond the survey results and tapped into additional unpublished research to model the best and the worst subscription boxes and marketing strategies. So we looked at um, the different factors across promotions, delivery, pricing, product, and proposition 
for real consumers, not what the subscription companies think, but for real consumers, what really matters. So we're talking about discounts off the first delivery. We're talking about flexibility of delivery slots. We're talking about pricing, balancing commitment versus discounts. We're looking at sort of the trade-offs between flexibility, trust recommendations, things like that. Um, we also looked at the worst possible things that subscription boxes can do, uh, subscription companies can do across, again, promotion, delivery, price, proposition, and product. So let me share the worst possible subscription company that should not exist. So the product within it doesn't matter, but to bring it to life, we're going to put something in there. We're going to put in there hakal, which is Icelandic fermented shark meat. It's illegal in most countries, and even in Iceland, you have to open it underwater in a bucket, and most people will not speak to you for multiple days if you've eaten it. It literally tastes a bit like a mixture between really old cheese and pea. Um, that's what's inside the box, but it gets worse than that. It gets even worse from here. Consumers um, really, really dislike it turns out influencer or celebrity recommendations when it comes to food and beverage products in subscriptions. We thought that that might be one of the most powerful drivers of adoption or awareness. In fact, consumers rank that worst across the board, particularly for female consumers. They really hate subscriptions that have influencer recommendations. So uh, this box, which we're gonna call Shakal box, Hakal from sharks in a box, Shakal box, is recommended by both Jake and Logan Paul. And you do get a 50% discount, but only after your seventh delivery. So we're gonna give you the benefit, but only after we've already made loads of money from you. After that, um, we have recommendations from peers. Uh, and we found that across the board, one of the worst perceived companies when it comes to customer service in the US is Comcast. So the worst possible subscription box has customer service provided by Comcast, which is wonderful. Um, you can get this box delivered to your local store. It must be a Trader Joe's and it costs you one, $1 to pick it up uh, in delivery charge every time you do that. So you can get it delivered anywhere as long as it's Trader Joe's and it's gonna cost you a dollar to pick it up every time. People absolutely hated the idea of convenience being um, something where you have to go to a place or pay a fee. Um, uh, we only share the best reviews and we have terrible trust pilot reviews and we're gonna hide that from you. And you can, this was a really funny one. Uh, it takes two to five weeks to get this fermented shark meat delivered, but that's great because it will be even more fermented when it arrives. Uh, and you can call any time to get this box uh, to be canceled or to skip a delivery. And you just have to call us at our Icelandic HQ number, which is plus three, five, four. Um, and you can call anytime, 8 to 11 a.m., four days a week, because Iceland has a four-day work week, and we're not going to tell you what time zone we're in. And then the last bit, um, you can try it for one month with a 0% discount, and after 12 deliveries, you can earn the right to skip one future delivery if you're on vacation or you don't want to receive this box every week. And you put all these things together, this sounds ridiculous, but we actually learn quite a lot from this terrible box that should never exist with a product that no one wants to try about what good is. Um, we thought that, you know, having the ability to, to skip deliveries, having a loyalty program, having recommendations, these are important, but it's really easy to get these so wrong. And if bad defines good, then we can learn something about how to be good from this box, which is the worst possible box that should never exist. This example underscores consumer demand for convenience, value, 
and ability to speak directly and easily with company representatives. It also highlights their emerging distrust of influencers and desire for real-world reviews, like King said, both good and bad. These priorities are also reflected in a test's best possible subscription box. One of the things that consumers were really interested in in trying, and we talked about kind of inspiration and trying something new earlier uh, and a bit of gap in the market, a lot of consumers mentioned they'd like to try cult favorite snacks from around the world, countries like Korea, Japan, Mexico, even Britain. And so we've called this box International Snackapalooza, and the first delivery contains all sorts of interesting snacks from Hong Kong, little tiny cookie koalas that have strawberry sauce inside, little tiny sour plum chocolate balls uh, that are something like you never tasted before. Something's a bit like Fritos, but it tastes a bit like ramen. And consumers really wanted this to be chosen by locals. They wanted local people in each country. If you get a box from each country each month, they wanted to be chosen by locals and bought at local prices. They thought they'd get with this method, a much better, a more authentic, a more diverse international product experience, but also at a rate that is consistent with local prices, which they thought would be cheaper than in the US. Um, they ship uh, the box arrives directly from Hong Kong, Korea, Japan, Mexico, Britain to you. The local buyers pack the boxes and ship them straight to you. So there is no uh, cost of breaking the bulk and locals choose exactly what you want. You get 50% of your first delivery to give you every incentive to try. Um, and you can choose your delivery slot within a one hour window. Really hard to do this well, but consumers absolutely love this idea and put it ahead of all sorts of other trade-offs in terms of discounting or value or recommendations. This ability to have a very specific delivery window really mattered and would really unlock a lot of demand and larger markets for food and beverage boxes and subscriptions in particular. Um, you can pause or cancel this box anytime and you can contact us however suits you on our website by phone via whatsapp any way you, you want um, and we put up not only our best reviews but also our worst reviews everyone puts out their best reviews so that you can see them but you know consumers know that those are cherry picked if we put up our worst reviews you can know up front what you're not going to like about this and what other consumers have hated and that's good news for the consumer because you're going to know up front that this really does or doesn't suit you. And it's good news for the business because it means you're not going to require a bunch of consumers who then all churn later for the same reason. That was a really interesting one to unlock. Um, you can choose a 12-month plan and you get your you get two months free with that. Here's a really interesting one. So we put out a bunch of different price points, different combinations of contract duration and number of free months or implied discounting. 12-month plan with two months free is about a 16.5% implied discount which out of all of the different discounts and price points we tested is economically one of the worst, but is seen by consumers as the best. Another interesting data point for what we think is right and a better choice for consumers isn't what actually consumers perceive. And then the last two bits, just to be environmentally friendly, the packaging evaporates into pure oxygen after three days. So it's ultimately environmentally friendly, not sure how real that one can be. Uh, and if you share your snacks with friends, you can start bulk buying the ones that you do like and not the ones that you don't. 
to buy larger amounts of each of the snacks together as a group or throw a big party to share international snacks with your friends. So put that all together, there's a few ideas in here that can really inspire new subscription businesses or new food and beverage companies to expand, attack, address, and fill gaps in the market that seem to exist everywhere, but based on what consumers actually want, which is what we really like to promote and offer it to test. So while these examples may be a bit silly, the lessons they underscore for the long-term viability of D2C subscription boxes are quite serious. And King says they can be boiled down to three main calls to action. My number one bit of advice here is you do not have a complete view of your consumer and you should never assume that you understand everything about them or that what you think they want is actually true. So testing, learning, understanding, looking to data, that's the number one lesson here. Two is there's a whole bunch of niches or niches that still exist. You can, across the board, carve a niche, grow that niche, grow from that niche and repeat. The biggest and most successful subscription businesses have this habit of finding a small gap in the market, be it a specific age demographic or a specific nutritional or food and beverage interest uh, need, um, a specific price point. You can carve that niche, grow that niche by expanding the level of interest in it and the number of consumers that are aware of your product, and then take that pattern and that formula and take it into a new niche, a new category, a new core ingredient, a new price point, a new demographic, a new geographic region. So carve a niche, grow that niche, grow from it, and then repeat with that formula you've got. Um, And I think the last bit is that trade-off between the fundamentals what consumers actually want and value and what is done today. So we saw both in those, you know, slightly funny examples, but also the the sort of colder, harder data we talked about earlier. The most important factors that drive consumer appeal are value for money, 70% of consumers, level of customization, 64% of consumers love that. Easy to pause and cancel, 53% of consumers. Reviews and recommendations, 39% of consumers um, perceive these to be important. Brand purpose, 25%. Unboxing, less than 10%. So it's the fundamentals where you win or lose and understanding your target customers and what they want their subscription product to do and the product within it to do for them. It comes down to value for money, customization, flexibility, and reviews and recommendations. People get really lost in forgetting that. Those fundamentals are still the key and there's huge gaps everywhere to exploit, win, and grow from. Those interested in taking a deeper dive into a test's research can download for free the full D2C Digest Unmissable Insights for Direct-to-Consumer Brands at askatest.com. That's A-S-K-A-T-T-E-S-T dot com. There you can find additional reports and insights that are shaping the food and beverage industry and larger market landscape. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week for another installment. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.